fellow entrepreneurs. It is the end of 2017, which means it's time to get real about where your business is and set your intentions for next year. If dealing with admin and paperwork is one area you never seem to be able to nail down, now is the time to set that goal and achieve it. Before you do anything else, I need you to check out FreshBooks. FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for small business owners and self-employed professionals. Now, the minute I said cloud accounting, I swear I could hear a collective sigh and see eye rolls from all of my entrepreneur listeners that hate dealing with numbers. Here's the thing. FreshBooks is made specially for people who hate dealing with numbers. The interface is really straightforward. For example, it only takes about 30 seconds for you to prepare and send an invoice. If you want customers to be able to pay you online straight from your invoice, you can set that up in two clicks. This is only a tiny fraction of what FreshBooks can do to help you get your paperwork straight in 2018 for your 30 day unrestricted free trial. Go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section. Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2018. I am here after somewhat of a hiatus. I announced in the last few podcasts that I am expecting. Um, and let's just say it's had its ups and downs. Um, I have been working on this podcast things to leave in 2017 for a few weeks now. And I was trying to spend some time and think about what are some things that I really, really, really wished people would leave behind as we get ready for the new year. So I am here. Um, I am drinking some water today. Um, I've been in, in pretty intense pain, I would say, for about about a week now. Um, but that's okay. The doctor just called something in for me. So I cannot wait to pick that up in hopes, um, that this subsides very soon. So I've got about five pages of notes. Go ahead and pull out your notes. Um, if you haven't picked up my journal for 2018, I dropped it a couple weeks ago. It's on sale on my website, mytaughtyou.com. It is a living limitless journal, um, where I give you some tips on how I started to actually remove the limits in my life. But without further ado, let's get into my list, my points. Um, I believe I have six points of things to leave in 2017. So things to leave in 2017. uh, First thing I have is not doing the proper research. So what's crazy, you guys, is I started working on this, like I said, a week or so ago, maybe two. And I said, how often do we see things trending on social media and immediately post or comment about it without taking the time to find out if it's actually true, or if we or if we even have all of the story. And I think literally just yesterday, um, there was one of those, like everybody hopped on this bullying bandwagon only to find out that there were some issues with the family. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And sometimes people will write me and ask me why I haven't posted about, you know, insert grievance. And a lot of times it's because I haven't had or made the time to do the proper research before stating an opinion, you know? And I know that sometimes maybe we think that, 
oh, well, does my opinion really matter? But it does, whether you're a celeb or not, I think it is worth it to spend some time um, figuring out what's actually going on before you start spreading this news around. Um, You're not obligated to have an opinion on everything. Just the other day, someone asked me what I thought about people contouring their faces with makeup. And I'm just like, seriously, I don't care what people do with their faces or makeup. My opinion is that a grown man or woman should do whatever he or she pleases with their face and their makeup. Next, you know, this also applies in the workforce. Many people are applying for jobs that they think they can do and then hope to get by winging it. Hope is not not a strategy. How much work and research are you doing to stay current in the field and position? That is your job, you guys. So if you decide that you really want a job that maybe you don't know everything about, it is your job to get up to speed on it if you get it. Do not get in there and be floundering around like a fish out of water because you don't know what the heck is going on. It's like, or if you've been in a position and you haven't touched up your skills, you haven't gotten read any books, you haven't met with any peers, um, that's your job. It's also, you know, it's not just your job to come in and do what's being asked of you from, from nine to five. It's also your job to make sure that you are staying fresh um, and relevant. Um, I think another thing applies is asking for raises without doing your research. Um, most think they know their value, but actually do not. Just because you feel like you're worth a million dollars doesn't mean you are. I used to feel the same way. At 25 years old, I told myself that I was a million dollar worker. I did. I was sitting at my desk like, I get busy. I'm worth a million dollars. Over the years, I realized that there are very few million dollar workers and far more million dollar earners. I had to learn to become an earner of a million dollars. Just because I was showing up and knocking my work out of the park didn't mean that someone had to pay me a million dollars for it. I had to go out and figure out how to make a million dollars for myself. And that took time. I remember declaring on Twitter in 2011 that I was going to make a million dollars the following year. Um, The best way to declare your value is to be able to show your direct impact on the company's bottom line. If you cannot do that, I need you to reevaluate your quote unquote value. Okay. Number two, I think we need to leave not saying thank you enough in 2017. A lot of us feel entitled to everything. I deserve this. I went to school for this. I am owed this. And at the end of the day, you are owed nothing. When someone gives you an opportunity to advance or learn something, even if it's a part of your job, you should say thank you. Say thank you for every opportunity. Thank you for taking a chance on me. Thank you for whatever. Um, Saying thank you means you recognize that someone had a choice. They didn't have to do something a certain way. They didn't didn't have to choose you, but they chose you. So saying thank you says, I recognize that you had a choice and you chose me. Thank you. Saying thank you means we acknowledge our relationship with the person um, as a sign of respect, right? It's like, I respect you. Thank you. 
Um, I've had, I, I think I've told you guys this a bunch of times. There are some people in my industry who I look up to and I respect and they select me for things. They recommend me for things. They, um, sponsor me for things. And it's not like I'm not returning the quote unquote value, but it's very important as a show of respect to say, thank you. Um, I try really hard to make it a habit because I know it's easy to forget when you're on the move. So just the other day I was in Vegas and there was a gentleman working the cab line and he called a cab for me. And when he did, I said, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. He responded, wow, that was very polite. Why are you so polite? Um, and I just told him, you know, I work in a position that doesn't really warrant many thank yous. I'm expected to do my job. I'm, I'm expected to ship on time. Um, I also work in a position in which I field complaints. Most of the time I am the last stop for customer complaints. I'm the last stop for client complaints and I am the last stop for employee crisis. Because of that, I just assume that everyone else is going through what I am and how one thank you can change the shape of your day. Try extending your thank you and see how far it gets you. So something, um, a habit or a practice that I like to do is just saying thank you very much, right? So that's an extended thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and even further one is thank you very much. Say whoever's name it is. Thank you very much, Jean, right? And then take it another step further. Thank you very much, Jean. I really appreciate it. Um, I think that it's very healthy to get into the habit of extending our thank yous in 2018. Um, number three, what I want you to leave behind is thinking that someone is going to rescue you. I cannot tell you how many people I've interviewed that really believe that by working for me, I'm going to rescue them from whatever it is they believe they're going through. I'm going to say this, put this out into the universe to everyone. I cannot rescue you. Hell, I'm floating along in my own life jacket. I cannot ingrain discipline in you. I cannot come to your house and wake you up every morning. I cannot give you guidance on every single move you make because guess what? I have my own life to live. The same thing goes for whoever you might be trailing. You don't get better in life by simply knowing someone. You aren't going to magically get better by rubbing shoulders with someone. Um, I found this research in daring to live fully an area in which it's quite common for people to harbor rescue fantasies is when it comes to money people with financial problems or people who think that they can pursue their dreams because they don't they can't pursue their dreams because they don't have the money to do so are very likely to tell themselves that their problems are going to be solved at any moment by one of the following they're going to win the lottery They're going to meet and marry someone who's wealthy. They're going to win the jackpot in Las Vegas. Or a lawyer is going to show up at their doorstep and hand them a check from a long lost relative who died and left them a large inheritance. Keep in mind that rescue fantasies don't just apply to the area of finances. They can apply to an area in which we're not getting what we want from life. And instead of taking action, we're passively waiting for a benefactor to take some action on our behalf or for some or for some highly improbable event to take place. The problem with rescue fantasies is that it doesn't matter how long you wait, 
No one is coming to your rescue. So again, this is the research I found in Daring to Live Fully. So it says you need to accept the following. Whatever problem you're having, you're going to have to fix it yourself. Whatever it is you want from life, you're going to have to get out there and get it yourself. Um, Things are not going to just happen themselves. You're going to have to make things happen. And that is something that I really, really want to impress upon you as we go into the new year is that a lot of you are thinking, well, if I just work for this person or if I become friends with this person or if this person acknowledges me, that's going to get me to the next level. And that is not the case. Um, you are going to have to get out there and you're going to have to make some things happen. And so a lot of people are putting all of their effort in trying to know um, who they think can rescue them versus doing the work, um, getting the recognition and putting their head down and getting to the place that they really want to be. No one is coming to your rescue. Um, I'm just going to tell you that now. So I want you to stay focused on, on becoming your own savior. Next thing is I want people to leave behind is not holding yourself accountable for the crap that's happening. How many excuses are you going to make? It's because of my this or that, that I'm not able to dot, dot, dot. Um, My parents never made me do things. So therefore I don't do things or I didn't live in an area that had this or that. So I'm not, you know, used to this or that, or I don't do this or that enough already. I have several legitimate reasons why I could be a failure in life, you know, Um, I always think about how my upbringing and just how small my world was, you know, I, I lived in a 750 square foot apartment with three other people, um, off and on when my parents were together and all through my entire childhood, I never had my own room. Um, and all I knew from birth to 18 was an incredibly small life, um, And I also grew up in Inglewood and I think they said the violent crime rate is one of the highest in the nation um, across communities of all sizes. So, you know, violent offenses tracked include rape, murder, uh, manslaughter, armed robbery, aggravated assault, and so on. So these are all life circumstances. They are not life determinants. Um, if you are concerned that you don't know what to do right now is the time to start figuring it out. And I think I've talked about this ad nauseum about the best thing you can do for yourself is recognizing the things that you don't know, recognizing your gaps and doing the work to fill in your gaps. So I knew that I really didn't have any sort of like advanced dinner etiquette. You guys, like I had none, not that I like smacked or, you know, pulled the fork on my teeth or anything like that. But I, I had no idea which forks did what I had no idea, you know, sort of like courses and things like that. And I just took the time and I bought the etiquette books and I went out and I spent time with people who taught me the things I didn't know. Um, I knew nothing about sort of, you know, wine and, and, and I'll tell you, I've said this to you before that I really do believe that having some sort of knowledge or education, uh, about maybe wines or, or certain, um, 
meals makes a difference when you're having a dinner meeting or you're networking after, you know, work with and and you're with someone and you, you can speak intelligently on these things. And it's like, if you don't know how to do something, now is the time to start figuring it out and don't use your upbringing as an excuse. Well, we didn't do that or we didn't have that. So what? Now is the time. You are a blank slate and you can teach yourself anything you so desire. So you got the foundation, you got from, you know, what you needed from a kid until now. And now it's your job to teach yourself what, who do you want to become? Your parents raised you as who they wanted you to become, but now who do you want to become? Um, Holding yourself accountable is nothing more than following through with your commitments and responsibilities. It's doing what you know you should do when you know you should do it. So um, I found some research and I don't know if I I didn't make the notes on this one. Um, I found some research on the three types of accountability, right? And I think that that's what we need to hold ourselves accountable. So it says there's three areas in which you must hold yourself accountable your actions and your actions and choices, your responsibilities and your goals. And I really love this list. I wish I, I don't know, I guess I forgot to make a note of it. I will, um, if I find this, I'll go ahead and pop this in the notes. Um, so you can do some further, further research, but, um, your actions and choices include the way in which you communicate with others, how you spend your time, your behavior, your manners, right? Like there, I see a lot of people with poor manners and I get it. Maybe you weren't expected to do these kinds of things at home, but you know, sometimes it's like, I recognize people don't say thank you. (laughs) Like if somebody buys you something, you say thank you. But I guess if no, if your parents or nobody ever made you do that, you don't know. Um, but you have to have some accountability on your behavior and your manners. Um, the consideration and respect you so show others, you know, your attitude and thoughts, um, as far as your responsibilities, what they list, those things are your responsibilities include returning calls, emails, texts in a timely manner, um, being on time for business and personal appointments, um, keeping your heart, car, home and workspace clean, um, spending less than you earn, um, doing the things you agree to do when you agree to do them. Those are you being accountable for your responsibilities, um, writing things down on a to-do list so you don't forget. These are your responsibilities. You are a grown up. You are a grown up. Um, and your goals, being accountable for your goals means your financial goals, your health goals, your fitness goals, your family objectives. I had some people write me maybe a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, I think I have a reputation of sort of um, always pushing like hard work, hard work and people feeling like, well, I worked hard and now I'm this age and I'm single and I don't have any children or anything like that. And it's like being accountable for your goals also means including your family objectives. <coughs> Sorry, you guys. If you if there's if you have family objectives, you have to make those a part of your goals as well. Do not skip those. You know, you cannot be all professional and not focus on any sort of personal, um, your personal goals, your career ambitions, marital enhancement, and anything else you may have set for yourself. All right. Things to leave in 2017, spending all of your money trying to keep up with Instagram or doing things you feel entitled to. If you aren't in a place financially to take a trip, don't take one. 
Um, if it makes more sense for you to put that $500 away so that you have a rainy day fund set for 2018, then do that. You know what I mean? So if you can't go on such and such trip so you can put it on the gram or whatever, I want you to go ahead and take that money. I want you to put it in a savings and I want it to be in your rainy day fund for 2018. So, okay, maybe you're not popping off on the gram doing nothing uh, this year or you're not, you're only taking one trip, but I want you to think about, you should not be gallivanting and you don't have that fund saved up. Um, if you can't afford red bottoms, then don't break your neck buying them. They hurt like hell anyway. Um, and I can promise you that the comfort of knowing that you have, that you for real have your ish together in the real life trumps anything you want to show off on Instagram. I promise you that. Um, I don't have anything to show these days because I'm currently tucking away money for a new human. I've already saved his college tuition should he decide to go and I will likely need a nanny or something. So I got a stack for that. I'm on my grind right now and I promise you these destinations aren't going anywhere. So I feel like a lot of people think, well, if this person's going, then I deserve to go too. Or why can't I go? The place exists. Um, and I get it. I'm not saying deprive yourself and don't do anything, but I am telling you that the comfort of knowing that you really have your stuff together is going to trump any feeling that you're going to get from an Instagrammable trip. Um, one thing, this is probably going to surprise you. One thing to leave in 2017, excuse me, is not listening. Now you're probably like, what does she mean by this? If there's one thing I've learned over the years of managing people, it's that many of them do not know how to listen. I can't tell you how many things I've asked to be done only for someone to do something completely opposite. I have even been incredibly specific. I need these two exact things and they bring back something else because they've made it up in their mind that that could not be what I really meant. So according to an easing article I found on poor listening, because I said, I want to be able, I know what I'm talking about, but sometimes I like to do have this research and get this plain so that you guys know what I mean. Um, but here's what I got from easing on poor listening. Hearing is a physical act while listening is, and I underline this, the act of hearing while also retaining and comprehending the information. Listening is an listening is active while hearing is passive. Though everyone knows the importance of listening skills when communicating to each other very few pay attention to their listening skills. And this often becomes a major barrier to effective communication. It is revealed by several studies that adults typically listen at only 25% efficiency level. And experts agree that poor listening skills are the biggest contributors to poor communication. So what are some signs that you might be a bad listener, right? So that was my next thing. It's like, okay, now that I told you that most, only 25%, most adults only listen at a 25% efficiency level, like that's crazy. Um, how do I know I'm a bad listener? So I found some information on Psych Central. Psych Central says, lousy listeners are attending to other things when you are speaking. 
lousy listeners, and I have I put a note by this one, the most egregious, lousy listeners are planning how they will respond even while you are speaking. And I found that to be the most common and most egregious because if you, if someone's talking to you about something and you are preparing your response while they are talking, you're not listening. Lousy listeners change the subject subject before you are ready to do so. Lousy listeners hurry you along, right? Um, lousy listeners have lousy nonverbal skills. What does that mean? They don't look like they're paying attention. You ever have that where you're talking to someone and it's like, I know they're not getting it because their face and their body language tells me they're not getting it. Um, they don't give much positive feedback, like a nod or a smile. Um, they slouch, they turn away, their eyes glaze over. Uh, those are some signs that you might be a lousy listener. Lousy listeners, you guys tend to see criticism or blame in the most innocent of discussions. Their defense is to be critical and judgmental while you are talking. They are busy developing critiques of what you said and how you said it. Um, lousy listeners are quick to offer advice, even when it hasn't been asked for. They don't take the time to listen to the whole story or to offer quiet support. All right. So I see listening as a huge problem. I said, how can I... What are some signs that have been determined of lousy listening? And then I did some research on what are some ways that people can genuinely become better listeners? So Fast Company had the best article to me and I have shared this article with people who have worked with me, who I felt have had some listening challenges. And Fast Company says, um, to get better at listening, listen to learn not to not to be polite. Um, it's having a beginner's mindset walking into a conversation, right? So if you know that you are going into a conversation with someone and you have the mindset that you're going to get something out of it, um, you are going to be, you know, ready to soak it up, take notes, pay attention because you're listening to learn versus just listening to be polite. Um, one thing that I think should always happen is ask more questions. I can always tell if someone's listening, if they're asking questions. So you're talking and they're like, okay, so do you mean when you said this, did you mean this or that, you know, or just so I'm clear, you, you, you started off going in this direction and now you're saying this and I just want to do this and that. So, um, asking questions, um, they said, pay attention to your talk to listen ratio and you should strive for a two to one ratio of listening to talking. So you should be listening far more than you're talking when you're in a conversation, especially with, you know, your boss or even your work peers. Um, and I think that I kind of jumped the gun with the asking more questions, um, is repeat back what you heard. Um, am I anticipating what the other person is about to say? And I think that's what happens to people is that you think you know what someone's going to say or you think you know what someone means and then you do something else and it's like you weren't listening. Um, maybe you don't agree with what the person is saying and so you've already sort of skewed what they're saying. Um, so 
there's a lot of opportunity to misunderstand than there is to understand. So I always just recommending repeating back what you heard, because how often have you said, how, how often has someone misunderstood us? You say this and then somebody comes back and says something different. It's like, that's not, that is not what I said, you know, or that is not what I meant. And so just to always be clear, you always want to repeat back what you heard and the thing I think they, they have the final tip is to wait until someone is done talking before you respond. And so just being careful, talking over people, even when we get excited. And sometimes I can get excited about those things. So um, that was my sort of like, that was my interestingly and sort of strange list of things I think that should be left in 2017, not doing the proper research, not saying thank you enough, thinking someone is going to rescue you, not holding yourself accountable for the crap that's happening in your life. Um, spending all of your money trying to keep up with the gram or doing things that you feel entitled to, but most importantly, not listening. You guys have a great holiday. I am going to be back. Um, if you have any questions for the podcast, please do email me at um, mytaughtyou at gmail.com. I'll be back with a Q&A podcast very soon. I think I'm going to knock that out tonight. Um, I've got some questions in my inbox and things that I've already started. So that is it for me. I will talk to you guys later.